Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, you guys can have a seat. It's a good, good day in the house of God, right? Amen, amen. Well, our bridge is going to stay in here um, with us today, and um, we're going to continue our message series that we started last week that leads us all the way into Easter called uh, Reintroduce the Cross. Now, I believe that uh, the cross is the most pivotal moment that has ever happened in history. And the reason why is leading up to it, we had this story that began with God creating the heavens and the earth and, and creating man, right? Adam and then Eve. And Adam and Eve, they go through the garden and, and it's, it's paradise. It's a perfect place. But then Eve runs into the serpent and is, uh, is tempted by the serpent and Eve partakes of the fruit and Adam partakes of the fruit and, and man fell or was separated from God. And God immediately began a plan of action that would get mankind back. And so what, what God did was he sent his only son so that he could get us back or get mankind back. Now, there was this, uh, this law that God had put in place that, that the wages or the price for sin was death. And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they started a cycle of death in the earth. And, and that, that cycle continued all the way through until somebody was born without a sin nature. And so Jesus came into the world, but that wasn't just good enough for him to come into the world without a sin nature. He had to live his life and not sin. And Jesus did that. He accomplished that. The only person to ever do it. I don't think there's anybody in this room that you would say, man, I've, I've walked through my entire life and I haven't disobeyed God's standard one time. We can't say that, but, but Jesus did. So... Jesus, in turn, had to pay the price for us because we had sinned. So the only way that we can atone for our, our sin is to die. But Jesus took on our sin on himself because he didn't have any of his own. And he died on the cross for us, changing everything. Because when he died, he took on your sin and he took on my sin and it all went to him on the cross and, and Jesus died. But if the story would have ended with Jesus dying, then you and I would still be dead in our sins. 
But on the third day, Jesus rose again. On the third day, Jesus was brought to life after he put to death the sin of you and I, he was brought to life without sin. And then the scripture tells us that we identify in his death and we identify in his resurrection because we've received him. And so when Jesus comes into our life, then that resurrection power that raised him up and caused him to conquer the cycle of death that had been going on for centuries, millenniums, was over. And guys, I'm just telling you right now that I've got like 25 minutes and then an altar call, and I'm going to preach today because I've got something that is so fire on the inside of me, and so you need to come with me as we go today because this is going to be, um, this is going to be life-changing. See, Jesus Christ paid that price for you and I, and we identified with that resurrection, and today I'm raised to life because he was raised to life. See, the cross flipped the narrative. It flipped the story. But it wasn't just the cross. It was the resurrection. You know, we see these symbols that, that, that go up in our... In, 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 uh, and religious uh, paintings and, and statues, and, and it's Jesus on the cross. But to me, Jesus on the cross is a half story. Because if Jesus is still on that cross, then I'm still messed up. But Jesus is not on the cross anymore. In fact, Jesus isn't on the cross, and Jesus isn't in the grave anymore. Jesus is alive. Jesus is living. Jesus is living not only just living, but he's living on the inside of me. See, and his life has empowered me. What the cross means is the cross means salvation. The cross means salvation for you and I. Let's pray today, and then we're going to get further into this. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. God, we thank you that today, because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I have access to the throne room of grace. I thank you today that because Jesus ascended into heaven, that God today, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me and he is quickening my heart that the Holy Spirit is revealing truth to me today. And so we call upon the ministry of the Holy Spirit during these next few moments that we have together to reveal truth to us, that the Holy Spirit speak through me, and that the Holy Spirit reveal truth to the hearts of those that are listening, both in person and online. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to say this with me. Say, the cross means I have access. One more time. The cross means I have access. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, we're going to have it up on the screen. Jot these things down. We're going to go fast today. 
1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross. What is the message of the cross? That I'm saved. What is the message of the cross? That I have peace with God. The message of the cross is that I can be healed and that I can be made whole. The message of the cross is that I don't have to be lost in my trespasses and sins any longer, but I have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. That's the message of the cross. But the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. We're going to come back to that word perishing a lot today. But let me give you the definition. The word perishing means a departure or a separation that leads to destruction. See, this is in the act of perishing. I am on the road to perishing. So he says the cross is foolishness to those who are separated leading to their destruction but to us who are being saved. To us who are being saved. I want to ask you today, are you in that us? Are we being saved? You would say, well, Pastor Jason, I believe that when I received Jesus, I raised my hand, I prayed that prayer, and I received Jesus into my life, I was saved. Absolutely you were. But I want to ask you this, 24-7, 365, do you walk in the salvation that you have received? I know I don't. I know that there are days when my salvation seems long gone and every little thing that comes my way, my reaction is not one of somebody who has been redeemed. I know that there are days where it seems like I'm getting hit on every side and I lose sight of who Christ has made me to be. But he says here, to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word saved, it means deliver, protect, heal, preserve, and make whole. See, the message of the cross, the gospel, the good news of Jesus it's foolishness to those who are on the road to their destruction, but to us who have a revelation, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That word power is the word dunamis. It's the same word that we get dynamite from. I view it this way, that that word power means the ability to radically change something in an instant. To radically change something in an instant. Have you ever watched those huge buildings being imploded with dynamite. YouTube videos, whatever, sometimes they'll do it with a, like a football stadium that's being torn down or, or whatever. And when that dynamite goes off, that huge structure is just gone. It just crumbles. How many of us have huge structures in our life barriers and walls that we put up that are separation but to us who are being saved see the foolishness they don't recognize the power of the cross 
But to us who are being saved, we recognize the power of the cross. And so maybe the perishing have the same problem that I have. Maybe we're going through the same situation. Maybe our stories are very similar. But to them, they don't understand the power of the cross. But to me, I understand that I have the power because Jesus Christ went to the cross for me. Because Jesus Christ rose again for me. And that message means that I am free from that structure. I am free from that challenge that is standing in my way, that is causing that separation. And in an instant, in an instant, I begin to understand that I'm not walking in my salvation, but revelation begins to come to my heart. And I begin to change the way I think. And as that change comes, I'm radically changing my position. And I'm no longer separated. I am being saved. And every single day, even though I am 100% changed on the inside, I am in the process of being saved. The cross means I have access. Say it again. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. This is a story that some of you are familiar with. I'm sure we're going to go through the whole thing. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day. You guys know that that means something real big. Because the Bible doesn't always say a certain day. Sometimes it just says a day. In fact, in the, the, the story of the Good Samaritan that we talked about a few weeks ago, it says there was a certain man, and then it said there's a man who came on by chance. This guy didn't even have a destiny. He had one, but he wasn't walking in it. So here it says it happened on a certain day. That tells me that this was a day that the Lord had made, right? This was a day. Did you know that every day that you open your eyes is a certain day? Every day that you open your eyes, there's a plan for that day that God has ordained for you. In fact, the scripture says rejoice in every single day. That's implied there. Rejoice because the steps of the righteous, that's me, that's you, the steps of the righteous are ordered of God. That means today is not a random day for me. It's not just a lazy day for me. Today is a certain day. Today I have a purpose. So on this certain day, he, Jesus, got in the boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out next. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling. I don't know what that is, but it means filling. They were filling with water. And they were in jeopardy. Next. And he came to them and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are, there's that word again, perishing. Master, we are perishing. And then he rose up and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. We have one more. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, How can this be? For he commands even the wind and the water to obey him. Go all the way back to the first verse, please, Michelle. So here at the very beginning, 
we see in other translations, I find this very interesting that there aren't many things that are in the scripture that are represented in more than one gospel or there's even fewer that are, are, are or there's, there's a, a few more, but they're represented in, in two gospels. And, and this one is represented, this story is represented in three of the gospels. Now I'll tell the story a little bit different, but we were, they were launching out on the sea, and this was on the Sea of Galilee. Now, Galilee, we can learn a lot by just knowing about the Sea of Galilee and what Galilee represented and what Galilee meant. Galilee was also referred to as the, the, the Lake of Gennesaret. And that word Gennesaret means something that is very fertile. It's a place where a lot of produce was grown because the ground was extremely fertile. It was known as somewhere that would just always grow something. You almost couldn't mess up. It's, it's springtime. I don't know how many of you plant plants. But for me, it's kind of a hit and miss. We plant plants. I don't know if they're going to live. I don't know if they're going to die. We're just going to we're going to try our, our luck, and sometimes they're okay, and sometimes they're not. You can't mess it up at Gennesaret. So they launched out, and I believe this, that Jesus spoke a word to them. See, the disciples already had a destiny. They already had a purpose. And so Jesus leads them to a place that is known to produce growth, and he tells them, in no accident, let's go to the other side of the lake. Or in other words, you're doing really well on your purpose, but I think it's time that we go a little bit further. I think it's time that you step into more. I think it's time that we, we stop being here and we cross over to the other side. How many have ever been in that position where you feel like you've gotten to a place where you're comfortable, but God's calling you to cross over to the other side? I believe that in this story right here, it's a telltale sign of what is to come whenever you're going to cross over to the other side. So Jesus comes and he says, all right, guys, let's cross over to the other side. This is very important because a lot of us stop where the red words end. Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side, and you're all, That's, that would be great. We should do that someday. That would be awesome. Let's do it, but not right now. I want to finish up some stuff first, but no, he says here, let's cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. They were obedient. They launched out. It wasn't a what if. It wasn't a let us do these things first. Jesus said, okay, it's time to go to the other side. And they're like, all right, we're already at this place of growth. We might as well do it. Let's hop in the boat. Jesus said, let's go. I love this right here in the next verse, verse 23. It says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. See, when Jesus was on the cross, just before he died, he said three words, it is finished. That means everything that it took to bring us to a place of favor with God, peace with God, was done at that moment. It is finished. Death had been put to death. It is finished. 
So as they sailed, he fell asleep. Why? Because he called you, you obeyed. He didn't have anything else to do. I've already given you favor. I've already given you all the tools that you need. See, I believe that this story that's here in the book of Luke and also in the book of Matthew and in the book of Mark, I believe that it's prophetic for us. Because here Jesus he said, I, I don't really have anything else to do. I mean, I, I already gave you all the tools. You accepted my sacrifice, and here we go. I'm just going to go to sleep. Sometimes we're waiting around for God to do something, and he said, I already did it. I'm already done. Jesus went to sleep. And look, it says, and the windstorm came on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in jeopardy. Now, for the Sea of Galilee, it was very prone to very violent storms. And the reason why was it sits in a valley between two huge mountains. Now, one of these mountains, I could tell you the name, but I don't remember it. A Abron, maybe, or something. Don't look it up and say, well, Pastor Jason, that was wrong. It's probably wrong. All right? And, th and this mountain is not mentioned in the Scripture either. Um, but some would say, some scholars say that when Jesus was, was talking about faith and he said, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, he was talking about this mountain. Abron, I think, or something like that, it starts with an A. I think it ends with an N. It's not like Lebron. I think it's like, a, I don't know, something like that. Um, but anyway, this mountain means the divine night. The divine night. I believe that this mountain represents rest. Next, on the other side was the mountain called Hermon. Now that mountain was considered a sacred place. But just on the other side of Mount Hermon, was Assyria. Now Assyria kept the children of Israel in captive for 200 years. The mountain was considered a sacred place, but what it means is it means a place that is devoted to your destruction. It was always considered sacred, but it means something that is devoted to your destruction. And so the storm that would rise up would bring cold air over Mount Hermon, settle down on the warm waters of Galilee, and it suddenly would create a storm that was meant for your destruction. I believe that it was considered a sacred place because those that could rise up and get past the thing that was meant for their destruction moved on to the sacred. I believe that the things that are meant for your destruction, God intends to raise you up. See, the scripture tells us that he turns those things, that he changes those things. The enemy brings an attack against you. But when the enemy comes like a flood... 
The Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. No, this is the way it is because God has spoken. So you can bring the thing that was meant for my destruction, but not only is my God going to see me through that thing that is meant for my destruction, but that thing becomes my testimony. And you're going to be sorry for the day that you started messing with me because I'm a child of God. Those things that were meant to harm me, those things. Do you think that God didn't know about the thing that was meant to harm you? He knew. He absolutely knew. And he made a plan for your success even through that. And I believe that as you rise up out of those things, that that's your story. That's your story. Man, it has not been an easy road. But God has been faithful through the road. And yeah, the enemy attacked. And I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to start being like Jesus and just go to sleep because it's already done. It's already done. Jesus was like, I need that extra hour. I'm going to go to sleep right now. I did my thing. I did the whole church thing in the beginning. We get in the boat. Time for a nap, right? Because everything's going to be okay. It says he fell asleep. A windstorm came up. They said, we're filling with water. We're in jeopardy, verse 24. It says, they came to him. They woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are perishing or we are separating from the place where we know we're comfortable. We are separating from where we know our purpose is. See, Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Now we are perishing. Now we are perishing. We're on a road that's going to lead to our destruction. They were trying to get service on their phones so they could say bye to their wife and kids. They thought it was over. Tony asked me this morning if Jesus had a Twitter account, and I said, I think so, because I saw on there the real Jesus official, so I'm pretty sure that it was, that it was his for real. I don't know. You know that they were going live on TikTok. Hey, guys, there's a big wave right here. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I want to say bye to my mama. They, they thought they were done. They are perishing. Master, master, wake up. I'm perishing right here. But look at this. He arose up. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. I believe this that if the disciples were walking 100% in what they knew Jesus is, then they would have just rebuked the wind and the waves. I believe if you were walking 100% in who you know Jesus is, and when a storm comes, you would just rise up, and you would begin to speak the word of God over that and have full confidence, and then just go take a nap. But instead... If we're being honest, sometimes we get fearful. And so what did Jesus do? He had grace on them. Why? Because we're being saved. Because the cross means salvation, and I'm in the process of being saved. And so today I may not get everything, but, I, but tomorrow I'm going to have a greater revelation of what salvation means to me than I have today. Because I guarantee you, when the disciples walked out of this, they had a greater revelation of who Jesus is and who Jesus is on behalf of them. Today we can say on who Jesus is inside of us.
Let's go to the next verse. Jesus said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Now, I don't believe he was saying, why don't you have any faith? In fact, he said that other places in Scripture. And it says that Jesus marveled that they did not have faith. He didn't say that. He said, where is your faith? What do you have faith in? What do you have faith in? Well, at that moment, they had faith in the wave, and they thought the wave was bigger than their God. And so Jesus stood up, and he performed a miracle. I don't believe miracles are God's best for us, but I think we need them sometimes. And I'm thankful that he's gracious and that he brings us a miracle. Amen? Praise God. He said to them, where is your faith? Is your faith in the wave or is your faith in the word? Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. That's your calling. That's your purpose. We're going to the, today we're taking it up a notch. Today we're going to a new level. Today we're not holding back. He said, where is your faith? And they said, man, this guy even commands the wind and the waters to obey him. See, Jesus had spoken a word to the disciples, and then he just went and rested because he knew that it was done. It was taken care of. It was over. But all of the sudden, a storm came up over the mountain that was meant for their destruction. It was that thing that had held them in bondage for years and years and years. See, when you're called of God... Maybe you move forward for a little bit, but that thing that has held you in bondage that you thought you had overcome is going to come back and it's going to rear its ugly head once again. But when that thing comes back and it begins to settle on you, you need to remember who your God is. This is all because you have access. You have access to the throne. You have access. The cross means you have access. And so maybe you get in the middle of this storm. Maybe you realize that that thing is coming and it's trying to destroy me, but no, I have access today because of the cross. I have access to the one who not only wrote my vision, but I have access to the one who will carry my vision all the way through and to its completion. I recognize today that God is going to take this thing that was meant for my destruction and the testimony is going to be so great that God is going to turn this into my testimony and those things that the enemy meant to take me out I trust God that he's going to turn it and he's going to make me rise over that problem over that situation over that circumstance this is because of the cross This is because of salvation. This is because I'm in the process of being saved. See, what was meant to reduce you is the thing that fuels you. And you begin to recognize that the call of God is irrevocable. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. Just flow with me here as quick as you can, Michelle. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Is that word again? 
whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, would shine on them. Verse 5, for we do not preach ourselves. See, if I preach myself, then we're getting nowhere. We don't preach ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, ourselves, I'm sorry, your bondservant for Jesus' sake. The Oklahoma comes out every now and then. Our sales, right? Verse 6. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Next. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power is of God and it's not of us. And then I can say, for I'm hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. Amen? Hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Today I can say I am not perishing. I am not on a road to my destruction because of the cross. And though some days I may feel just like the disciples and the storm is so tough and it's coming against me and it's hitting me, I don't know what to do. I run to the master and I say, Master, 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 because I have access. Master, Master, Master. And then he stands up. He rebukes the storm, and then he reminds me, where is your faith? And then he teaches me, and I grow. See, I believe that that was a certain day because Jesus knew the storm was coming. I believe it was a certain day because unless they could overcome the storm, they couldn't go to the other side. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying today. I am not saying God brought the storm so that the disciples could grow. I'm saying that for anything that you face, any challenge, hardship, whatever comes against you, God has made a way for your success. What's that next verse? I don't know where we left off. It says, always carrying about. See, this is why. I'm always carrying about the body of the dying Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in my body. See, I always am mindful of the cross. I'm always mindful of the sacrifice. Paul said, I preach one thing, Jesus Christ, Him crucified. I don't pretend to know anything. I just know that. I just know that. 
because it's everything. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in us. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, what did I tell you? That because Jesus died on the cross, I died on the cross. And because Jesus rose again, I rise again. And that resurrection flips the switch. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in me flips the switch. We have the same spirit of faith according to what it is written. I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. See, we're not speaking of ourselves. We're speaking on the basis of the cross. We're speaking on the authority that conquered death, hell, and the grave. See, it's not me. I'm speaking on the basis of the authority that I've been given in Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus stood up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, that's why. Because he was speaking on the authority that had been given to him. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you next. For all things are for your sakes, that the grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Last verse. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Because our outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being saved. The inward man is being saved. The inward man is being renewed day by day by day by day. I'm learning to live from the inside out. I'm learning to live according to the inward man that's being renewed. And you know what happens? Whenever my spirit is leading, whenever my spirit is leading me, then my spirit is causing my mind to be renewed. My spirit is causing my flesh to be renewed. And salvation means to be made whole. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love 